Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. is airing on Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. Hello everyone, it's Shannon here to share an author interview with you and of course to talk about this week's new releases, another Tuesday morning episode, one of my favorite things to do in the course of the week. This time I have an interview with author Ashley Poston and we talk about her first novel for adults we talk about the dead romantics. Um, I chose to air this interview here because we talk a little bit about like creepy books for Halloween. Um, we talk about how much she loves Halloween romances. So I just thought it would be a really cool episode to have airing right around this time of year. I was really hoping to have Stacy on this interview with me, but it did not work out that way. Sad. So. Let's get started with the interview. Well, of course, the housekeeping information must come first, then the interview, and then I'll be back to chat with you about some new books. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Book Bistro podcast. Once there, you can post to our timeline. You can also message us privately. If you want a more social interaction, you can join our Facebook listener group, which is pretty quiet at the moment, though we are looking at some ways of possibly revamping it. If Facebook is not your thing and you still would like to hang out with us, check us out on our WhatsApp group. You can subscribe to that either by messaging us through Facebook or by sending us an email, and one of us will be happy to add you. If you're looking to get a hold of us via email, you can do that by contacting the Book Bistro Podcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone. This is Shannon, and I want to welcome you to another edition of the Book Bistro Podcast. Today, I am chatting with author Ashley Poston, and if you listened to our most anticipated releases of June episode a couple of weeks ago, you may remember that Stacy mentioned looking forward to the dead romantics, and so we are here to talk about that today. This is scheduled to release in the U.S. on June 28th. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. Can we start with a brief introduction to the last room or the dead romantics so that people know kind of what to expect if they didn't read the blurb or hear uh, Stacy's discussion of it on a previous episode? Of course, the dead romantics is about a millennial ghostwriter for a very famous romance novelist who must return home to her family's funeral parlor to uh, bury her late father and finds herself haunted by the ghost of her very hot and uh, very recently deceased editor. Oh, a dead editor. Hmm. I guess she will be looking for a new 
editor sometime soon. Oh yeah, it's it's such a grave situation. I mean, you know, he just he's he's just dead on arrival, you know. Well, so ghostwriters um, have always kind of fascinated me. Just kind of that idea that like someone is kind of in the background, like actually writing these books, and then it's not their names that get put on the actual book when it's published. Um, I don't know why this fascinates me, but. It kind of always has, like, I always wonder, you know, who, who uses these, like, you never really know. Um, I spoke to an author a few weeks ago who had actually, like, worked as a ghostwriter for a while, um, and it was just really, really fascinating. So I'm wondering kind of how you came up with this idea that, like, your, your main character would be a ghostwriter, and have you ever um, ghostwritten for anyone? So I have never personally ghostwritten for anyone uh, yet. Um, yes. <laughs> there's a big asterisk there. My career is going to be long and filled with holes. But uh, but so, yeah, I haven't I haven't yet. But I always found ghostwriting so very fascinating. It's um, like, as you said, it's like a person writes the novel and then they basically write it under contract for the person who wants the novel written. Uh, so it's kind of a little like an IP project, uh, which I have done IP projects before. Those are um, in-house projects, uh, like a lot of um, like the Star Wars books are IPs and the Disney books. Um, oh, one of, OK. One of my um, one of my first YA novels, Geekerella, was also an IP project. So they're also um, they're oh, also in Geekerella. Yeah, that was me. Yes, it was. I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I always like talking about Geekerella. It was so fun. Uh, but yeah, so that was an IP project. I was hired to write it. But um, unlike with the ghostwriting, I could keep my name on the on the project. Um, whereas with like ghostwriting, you see a lot of it with like the really big names. Um, James Patterson uses a lot of ghostwriters. Um, let's see here. Who else? A lot of politicians do for their nonfiction books. Like most most nonfiction is written by ghostwriters and most books written um, by very famous people also have ghostwriters um, helping them along. So it's just really fun to to like study and like research ghostwriters. Um, and also there's a there's a pun in the dead romantics that I can't. Well, it's more, more like a joke. I can't really give it away. Uh, but which is like the main reason why I why I chose ghostwriting. <laughs> it's like a very long joke. <laughs> well, we will have to. Keep an eye out for it then when the book actually releases. So I wonder if like all those books, you know, that are written by like former presidents, I wonder if those are like ghost written books. Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent. You you cannot convince me otherwise. <laughs> There's no way. But I'm wondering kind of how that works for people like, you know, you, you write, you spend, spend so much time kind of creating this and then like you don't even get the credit for it. I know that's something that I absolutely um, explore in the dead romantics. It's like something that you that you own kind of, but you don't because it's just work for someone else. And then right. it, might, it might go on to to be uh, like a bestseller or incredibly popular. And you're the one to have written it. And it's just like, oh, well, I'm I'm glad people are liking it, but I wish they would have known it's me. Right. Not like whoever actually like like employed someone to write it 
Yeah, but that's the nature of ghostwriting, though. It's that's just true. A, it, it is just like literally a job. So yeah, and I guess you you know would certainly know that going into it. So it's not like you're gonna be surprised. Like, oh, my name isn't on this. Hmm. Exactly. And like sometimes you're paid really well as a ghostwriter, but most of the times you are not paid very well. Uh, so that also like is another nuance to it. <laughs> That that seems kind of crappy because like it takes a long time to write a book, I suppose. Right. Um, and, and, and then, at least pay them a working wage. <laughs> right. Like if you don't get paid very much and it takes you like several months to a year to do all this, like that just doesn't seem right if you're going to make, you know, hardly anything from it. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of um, like there there have been stories of uh of like young people like right out of like creative writing graduate classes that would take on these uh, ghostwriting projects and they would get paid peanuts basically um, not knowing like what they were writing and not knowing that like it would go on to like be a bestseller for the person they were writing it for. Um, oh I think I'd be mad like right? if I look back and it's like some huge success I'm like what? And like, like they I... were, <laughs> right it's like they were taken advantage of too because like right out of the gate right out of college they didn't know that they didn't know like that this pay wasn't like what they like were supposed to be getting paid or like this wasn't the sure. kind of contract that they should have signed or well and a lot of people do things you know they they need money for whatever reason like they don't have a job and there's like okay well if I start here I do this you know, maybe it can go on to be something else. And that doesn't always happen, I would assume. Exactly. Because depending on the kind of ghostwriting contract you you sign, you might never like be able to like put it on your resume or anything. Usually you can't. So right. There's like nothing you can do. It's just one of those things where you get the money and you just gotta, you just gotta make peace with it. Wow. So this is your adult sort of debut um, it looks like you had written a few YA books, Geekerella, of course, and some other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so what sort of prompted the shift for you from kind of YA to adult writing? I wanted to write ghost boaters. No, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I have always loved um, adult romances. Um, Yay! Just it's just like it is it is my bread and butter. Like since I was like a like a teenager, right? I would go into the into like the the adult like supernatural romance section because it was in the heyday of supernatural oh, yeah. romances, right? And I would just like I would devour all of them. Um and then as I said, like Geekarella was like the first like book I actually published in YA and like it was an IP, so I was really lucky to have gotten that project. And I just like existed in YA for a while because I was comfortable. I knew what I was writing. It was a lot of fun. Um, but like my heart has always been in, in, in adult romance, but like specifically supernatural romance. It's just, it's just what like my soul vibes too. I love that. There are a bunch of us on Book Bistro who read a ton of romance. Um, some people who only read romance, some people who read it, you know, like I read a lot of romance, but I also dip in and out of other things. Um, mm-hmm. So I am very, very excited. I always love to hear when people talk about, you know, how big an influence romance has been on either their, you know, their writing lives, their reading lives, or both, that they feel like romance is so often um, spoken of in kind of derogatory ways. And so I'm always super happy 
to have a romance fan on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, there, like, two things raised me romance books and fan fiction that I probably should not have been reading at the time. Oh, fan fiction. <laughs> Like those are, those are my, that's, that's what, that's what influenced everything that I write. So. And that kind of makes sense. Like when you think about like Geekerella, there's some kind of fan like influences there. You know, you like the, the concept kind of put me in mind of like a, um, like a fan fiction. Yeah, it's like, cause like it's just so entrenched in fandom and it's about, you know, yes. like, it's like a Cinderella retelling, but it's at a sci-fi con. And yeah, yes, I is. just, I just like tore off my, like my, my normal person persona and I was like, yes, I get to be a nerd. It was so great. <laughs> <laughs> so as someone who read a lot of supernatural romance, like, and you finally decided, like, you're going to sit down and write one. Did you have kind of specific authors that kind of influenced you or like kind of what was your kind of takeoff for this particular book idea? Ooh, I've always loved um, like ghost romances uh, and most ghost romances end poorly because obviously one is dead. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's not really a good way around that in a lot of cases. There really is. It's kind of like most like vampire romances. Either either one's going to be immortal forever and and live past the other, or they're both going to to turn into vampires. Um, it's kind of like a like 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 a catch twenty two, where it's like one always has to change for the other, which is yes. like which is like something that I really like to explore. Um, and so I wanted to write um, a ghost romance with a happy ending because obviously like romances have to have happy endings or happy for now because yes. that's like, that's like a trademark of romance. I'm going into this book. I want ghost boners and a happy ending. So, right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry. I was just caught up on anyway. Uh, so, so, <laughs> So I, I have like there's a, there's a lot of different books that um that influenced it, but like mostly honestly to be com- to be completely um like honest with you uh there's a there's a lot of like ghost AU fanfics that I really like. Um, oh yeah right uh and, and those were like the ones that uh, that like directly inspired um the dead romantics because uh like supernatural romance really hasn't been a thing for like what the last 10 years yeah it's true you don't see i mean you see like paranormal romance um you see kind of like you know the urban fantasy things like that mm-hmm. but not as much of like what you know what i think you're aiming for here although heather graham kind of does oh yes still yeah like there's a there are a few authors that are just that are just like they, they're keeping to their niche and they're so good at it and they're absolute auto buys <laughs> yes um but yeah so uh so it was just like I, I wanted to write a ghost story with all my favorite uh ghost romance tropes and oh, i really so hope you I did <laughs> And so do you kind of see yourself as kind of being someone who will kind of stick with that particular um, niche in romance? Or do you intend to kind of branch out and write other types of adult romance now that you're here? 
Ooh, uh, I definitely want to go and revisit another like ghostly romance because I have too many really good ghost puns to just like let them let them. Ah, oh, yes. The wayside. <laughs> yes. So you have to at least write a few more so that you can like use those. Yeah, I have to. I have a laundry list of of, of ghostly puns I have to use um, before I before I actually get done with ghost romances. But uh, but no, the next one I'm writing is not a supernatural romance. It's more of like a time travel romance. Uh, but Ooh, I'm definitely going to travel. I know, right? I am. I am so excited. It is. It is so wonderful and so swoony. Uh, but uh, but I'm definitely going to stick with like the kind of um, like sort of otherworldly romances. So like one of them at least is not going to be like fully human or, or fully in like the, uh, the, like the here and now. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, like with the time travel one, they're like seven years in the past. Right. So, uh, and with the the dead romantics, uh, the editor bit is like, you know, dead. Dead. Super dead. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm going to like keep with kind of that theme because I like exploring identity through it. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, like a long, a, a long, wonderful road for me. I wish that Stacy were here with me to do this interview because Stacy is like our resident ghosty person. <gasps> um, she used to live above a funeral home. And no! so we, we teased her for this. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure that was such a spirited place to live. I uh, I also used to live in a haunted house. Because, so. yeah, she lived above a funeral home. And um, she was always, you know, wondering if, like, ghosts would uh, would appear in her home. <laughs> and she reads a lot of ghosty fiction. Um, and so hearing you like talk about this, this is like a Stacy book, if ever there was one. <laughs> there are definitely more than one ghost in in my book, so uh, well, see that that works very well. We always do around the um around Halloween time a like creepy books episode or we'll do like ghosts and gothics like different types of things for the season um and so we'll have to keep the dead romantics in uh you know in in reserve for this episode so that we can have all the the ghostly wondrousness Oh, absolutely. There's even a, I think there's even a a quote in the Dead Romantics that's like, we're we're not a gothic horror novel, we're a love story. Ah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> so, did you read a lot of the like older gothics kind of back in the day, like, um, like Phyllis Whitney and Victoria Holt, like things like that, like the older kind of gothic romances? I, I I did, but but very sporadically, and especially at Victoria Holt, uh, because so my my grandmother, 
um, used to collect uh, book club books in like the, the, the 60s and, and early 70s. And um, she she gave me all of her old book club novels, and most of them were gothic horrors. Like they were they were bound like two and one. Uh, they had these oh. like beautiful old covers on them, and they were from like the the late '60s. And so I ended up reading all of them in in high school because I'm like, what are these? Uh, and yeah, so it was very sporadic, and some of them I definitely don't recommend. But uh, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But yeah, like I, I, I did, um, and uh, and it was all thanks to uh, to my my, my grandmother uh, never throwing away those old book books. Ah, uh, see that that's the best. Like no one really in my family is a huge reader. Um, one of my grandmothers reads some, but not, um, not as much as as I do. And she has recently told me that she will read like a Nora Roberts or something. And if she does it on audio, she told me she has to fast forward through the the sexy times. No, (laughs) but that's the best. That's the best. Yes. But not when you're my kind of, you know, conservative uh, grandmother, I guess. (laughs) So I'm trying to picture her reading like a, like a gothic back in the day and it, it's just not it's not working for me <laughs> oh yeah so my, my 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 other grandmother um uh my I called her my my oma um she uh she uh she's from Germany but uh but she used to love 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 reading and towards towards um towards the end she was she kept reading this like one this one book it didn't have a cover on it whatsoever (laughs) and she and she made little annotations in in german in like the margins and so imagine me like on google translate trying to figure out (laughs) yep yep like like she she literally just highlighted all of the sexy bits and this was like oh this is a German bodice stripper, like 100%. It was about like a milkmaid in <laughs> in Bavaria <laughs> falling in love with a farmer's son. You know, I was like, Bruh. oh yeah, <laughs> oh ma, what are you? You you highlighted the word. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, she was she was wonderful. Um, Did you keep it forever? Like. Is that book still like stored away somewhere? It is. It is. It is. It is okay. stored away with with all of like my other grandmother's book club books. They're all in the exact same box. So I know that if my house catches on fire, I'll just take that box and run. Yes, yes, you have to save that box. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> Super important. I was just I was cackling. It was it was so cathartic and wonderful because it was just after um she passed. So it was really nice to to like have that have that bit of her. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so good so what have you read recently whether or not it's grandmother approved um <laughs> that you think the world should know about Ooh, um i recently read sangu mandana's um new adult witchy book uh the oh. very irregular society of witches i think it's called Yes, is that is that out yet? It's not out yet. It comes out in August, I think, but don't quote okay, me on it. Okay, because I remember seeing it like at the beginning of the year when I was looking at 
you know, things coming out in 2022 and trying to figure out, you know, like all the things I was super excited for. <laughs> and I saw that one. I was like, okay, like it's not yet. You know, it's coming out like later in the year. I have to keep an eye out for it. And I hadn't seen it. And so I thought, oh, did I miss it? But oh, no, maybe no, it's not here yet. <laughs> it's, it's not here yet. Like just circle, circle the day it comes out because it is so soft and so good. I, it's like a warm hug. I love it so much. Oh, that makes me happy. Any other fabulous bookities? Um, let's see here. I also recently read Megan Bannon's um, adult debut as well, uh, The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy. Ooh, that is a great title. Right? It's so good. It was a very wonderful soft fantasy. Highly recommend it if you like um, like TJ Klune or Diana Wynn Jones. It, it definitely like it, it fits oh God, in Diana on that Wynn shelf. Jones. Oh, I can wax poetically about Diana Wynn Jones. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> like charmed life. Charmed life. The lives of Christopher Chant. Oh dog's body. Everyone is dog's like, body. How's Moving Castle? And I'm like, no, Dog's Body. Oh, How's Moving body. Castle. Yes, I did love that. But I think I liked the, like, the Charmed Life and Witch Week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those were my favorite. Oh, those are so good. And, like, Deep Secret. It was uh, the Merlin mm. Conspiracy. Oh, so many good There's, ones. like, this one with, like, a chemistry set, something about an ogre. Um, uh, oh, yeah, um, ogre ate my – no. No. It was, like I, – I can't remember now. I Something about a chemistry set, and it, like, created something, like, magical and bad. <laughs> I can picture the 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 cover, um, but all I can think of is the eight days of Luke. <laughs> oh no, I don't think that was it. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> there is so much great like fantasy and fantasy romance. Um, I really liked Lana Harper's Payback's a Witch and From Bad to Curse. Oh yes, so good. Um, I'm also very excited about the new Juno Dawson that came out at the end of May. Um, the Ogre Downstairs. Royal- yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Did, did you Google it? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have, I have, I have a bookshelf with like all of my Diana windows and I was staring at it and I was just going down the line. <laughs> and it just showed up for you. It's, it's it's it, it's right beside Deep Secret and Merlin Conspiracy, so I just it's fine. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yes, that that is the title. Um, what is the Juno Dawson? It is the uh, Her Majesty's Royal Coven. Um, that just came out at the end of May. Ooh, and I have not read that yet. Oh, it looks delightful. It's like apparently Elizabeth I created a coven in like the 1600s. And now, you know, so many years later, it's still, I guess, like in, in practice, they say. It's like that's sort of the, the premise. And so now there are these four women who are um, kind of like the last witches in the coven, like trying to keep it together. Um, yes. It, I'm writing that it, one down. Yes, it looks amazing. Um, 
I just, I love all of the, the witches, all of the vampires and shifters. Oh, werewolves, but not so. Oh, yes. Yes, werewolves. Just- I'm reading, um, can Bannett right now and she her heroine in this current series is a snake shifter <gasps> yes you don't see that often no the for, the book is called bounty it's the first in uh like a six book series mm-hmm. and it is utterly utterly phenomenal noted yes so do you think that we'll have more YA from you or are you kind of firmly entrenched now in this adult um, kind of supernatural romance? I think you're going to be seeing a few more YA from me. Uh, most of them Excellent. are are really fun, but I can't talk about them yet. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to make like Hannah Montana and like have the best of both worlds, right? <laughs> That's fair. That is totally fair because I think there's so much great YA out there. And while I love like adult romance with all my heart, I also think that like there's such, such a huge space for YA. And even as an adult, like I, I read so much of it. So I'm always glad when, you know, people stay there for a while and, help expand this like huge group of phenomenal books yeah and there's so many wonderful stories about like first love or like first something or another because that's what like YA is about right it's about like a first something whereas like adult is more of like you know second or third time at something you know trying over and over again to try and like have like have a different outcome (laughs) so uh so I like that difference in, in adult versus YA, um, because like in adult, the characters are like more harried. They're more like world weary and like, they're yes, they've had more experiences. Things. Exactly. Like the world isn't new to them anymore. It's not sparkly. And so like trying to like find like that thing that is new to them again, or like, like that kind of like bit of magic that's left in the world. Right. I like trying to find that for, uh, for my adult books. Yes. And then like for YA, it's like, it's kind of like right there, like just right like at their fingertips, all of this like first time and magic and greatness mm-hmm. that as adults, like we don't, we don't see anymore like the way we used to. Yeah. It's like they see, they see like possibility everywhere. And then like yes. adults is like, you see impossibility everywhere. Like you, you, you can't do this. Like, like the, the, the world doesn't work this way. And then like YA like asks why not. And like adults um, like explores why, right? Yes. There is a YA time travel out today. It's called breaking time. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of billed for like people who love outlander. So it's like star crossed lovers and time traveling assassins. I really hope it has a good ending. (laughs) Oh, I hope so, too. I was looking at it earlier today um, because it just came out. And I was like, oh, like this could be excellent in so many ways or it could be like super sad. (laughs) Right. I have I have I read so many, so many time travel um, romances, love stories, because they don't have happy endings. No. Uh, and like same with like ghost stories, they never have happy. Anyway, Dead Romantics has has a happy ending. I promise. <laughs> that, that is good. 
I wouldn't, that, I wouldn't is, do that to you. <laughs> no, no. See, that, that would make us all very sad. Very much so. And then it couldn't be Shelton Romance. And so I just. No, and then that would be like the saddest of all. It really would because I, I, I really wanted Shelton Romance. <laughs> well, I think that it will be. We are recording this two weeks ahead of publication. So, you know, I, I have no proof of this, but I'm guessing based on everything you've said about it, that it will be shelved right in the romance section. With a happily ever after. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so incredibly much for joining me today to talk about all things supernatural and glorious. Um, I am definitely hoping that the Dead Romantics makes a huge splash <clears throat> at the end of June when it releases. Thank you. I am so excited. And I had so much fun on this interview today. So thank you. You're welcome. Can you let listeners know the best place to find you online? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ash Poston. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Hey Ash Poston because someone is sitting on my name. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I know. It's so sad. Uh, and you can also find me on TikTok um, at Hey Ash Poston as well because, again, someone is sitting on my name. So. Uh -huh. TikTok confuses me. <laughs> uh, it also confuses me. I'm just like, I'm going to do this fun dance and not worry about anything. <laughs> That's how you do it, right? You up today? <laughs> Hello, fellow cool kids. <laughs> well, again, this has been a discussion with Ashley Poston about her upcoming novel, The Dead Romantics, which is scheduled to release in the U.S. on June 28th. All right, it's time for new books. There are a few this week. As always, I'm starting with books that you've heard us talk about before on our most anticipated releases of October episode. The first one I'm mentioning is one of my most anticipated October releases, and it is Anywhere You Run by Wanda M. Morris. Then I have a couple that Brooke mentioned. We have Vanishing Hour by Laura Griffin, which I know Mika was excited about as well. And then we have Livid, Case Scarpetta, book 25 by Patricia Cornwell. And Georgina shares Brooke's excitement for this particular book. So those are some books that you've heard us talk about before. Let's move on to some books we haven't previously mentioned. I'm going to start with some fantasy and paranormal romance. We have a new Nalini Singh. This is Archangel's Resurrection, Guild Hunter, book 15. Um, a lot of us on the podcast really enjoy Sing's Psy Changeling series. I have read the first five Guild Hunter books, and I liked them. I just don't find them quite as compelling as her Psy Changeling books, and so they're not, it's not a series that I keep up with, but it's always one that I keep, like, adding to my TBR, and at some point I would like to get current, but I have no idea when that would happen. So this is Archangel's Resurrection, Guild Hunter, book 15, by Nalini Singh. 
We have a new Carrie Arthur book, the second in her Relic Hunter series. This is Sword of Darkness. Carrie Arthur just writes so many series, and I have loved all of the ones I've read by her, and I have not read all of them. I don't think I've read even close to all of them, but the ones that I have read, I've really liked. I know that Brooke read the first book in the Relic Hunter series, um, and she did enjoy it, although she did say that if you are bothered by you know, rodents in your books, um, you might not love this particular series. So this one, though, is the second installment, and it is Sword of Darkness, Relic Hunters, book two by Carrie Arthur. We then have Thief of Fate. This is the third book in the Providence Falls series, co-written by Jude Devereaux and Tara Sheets. And even back when I was reading a lot of Jude Devereaux, she did a little bit of like, you know, time travel. We had some kind of like magical realism. Uh, we had some things that really did move into like, you know, fantasy. Like if you think about um, Forever and uh, Always, books like those. And so now with the Providence Falls series, she is with the help of Tara Sheets, kind of firmly here in this paranormal romance camp. So if you are a fan of Jude Devereaux, um, you are probably caught up with this series. I am not. Jude Devereaux is someone that I have a lot of nostalgia for, but I don't, I haven't read one of hers in a long time. So this is Thief of Fate, Providence Falls, book three by Jude Devereaux and Tara Sheets. Then we have High Spirits. This is Haunted Haven, book two, by Carol J. Perry. Kristen talked about the first book in this series, which is called Be My Ghost, um, either in 2020 or 2021 when it came out. It was one of her monthly picks. So this is the sequel to that. Um, looks like a kind of an urban fantasy, paranormal mystery. I think it's set in a bed and breakfast. Um, and it just looks very, very fun. So this one is High Spirits, Haunted Haven, book two, by Carol J. Perry. Then we have Sign Here. This is by Claudia Lux. It, I think, is going to be a hybrid of like fantasy and horror. And it is about a man who is an employee of hell. So kind of, I guess, along the lines of like um, Georgina Kincaid, the Succubus series by Rochelle Mead, where you actually like kind of see hell as a, a business with like a HR director and contracts that you sign. And this one kind of reminded me a little bit of that, not so much in the like the plot setup, but just the basic premise of hell being this kind of like corporate business. So this is Sign Here by Claudia Lux. Okay, I'm stepping away from the fantastical and I want to talk about some mysteries because, you know, why not? We have The Bookshop of Secrets. This is by Molly Rushmeyer and this is I think a debut or at least if it's not a debut this is the first book that I've heard of by this author 
So this is about a woman who finds a collection of lost books. And in this collection of books, she finds all kinds of hidden truths about her family and their secrets. So this is The Bookshop of Secrets, and it's by Molly Rushmeyer. We then have No Strangers Here. This is the first book in a new series. It is the County Carey Mysteries, and it's by Carlene O'Connor. The protagonist is a veterinarian who lives in County Kerry in Ireland, and it talks about how she grapples with a lot of things like life and death, but also the secrets and just sort of what it means to be a member of this small Irish community. This is compared to authors like Tana French and Louise Penny. Um, Lucy Foley was mentioned here as well. Um, this is one that I definitely want to pick up, and it is No Strangers Here, County Carey Mysteries, book one, by Carlene O'Connor. We then have Secrets Between Friends by Tracy Buchanan, and this one looks actually really cool for like the spooky season. If you're looking for something that sounds really scary as we get closer and closer to Halloween, um, this one might be for you, especially if you're not looking for something that's, that's horror. So this is about an old house. And as is often the case with old houses, there are lots of secrets here. And these secrets apparently relate to you know things from this woman's past and she cannot outrun them even though you know for obvious reasons she might wish to this is secrets between friends by tracy buchanan i also want to talk about some historical fiction and we have marmy by sarah miller and if you can't tell from the title this is kind of a reimagining of the mother character from Louisa May Alcott's Little Women. And I grew up loving Little Women, so I'm very excited for this one. It is Marmy by Sarah Miller. And I'm closing out today with a historical romance. We have The Boxing Baroness. This is Wicked Women of Whitechapel. It's a lot of W's and kind of hard to say. Book one by Minerva Spencer. I discovered Minerva Spencer in like 2016 or 2017. And she's one of the, you know, kind of more modern romance authors who are writing historical fiction. So it's historical or not historical fiction, historical romance. So it's like historical romance with some modern sensibilities. And sometimes I struggle with that because I want my history to feel like history. And by that, I don't mean that like, you know, there is all like white people and everyone's a duke. I don't mean that at all. But I mean that I want there to be that feel of actually people living in the past instead of people kind of acting as though they live in, you know, the 21st century, but wearing historical clothes. And Minerva Spencer, I think, walks that line really well. Um, she has lots of like pirates in her books, which give me those, you know, vibes of like the historical romances I grew up with. 
Um, but she also has some very resourceful heroines who feel like they're relatable because of a lot of their, their ideas, but they still feel historical. And I, I feel that I'm explaining this kind of poorly, but hopefully if you are a historical romance fan, you will understand at least a little bit of what I'm trying to get at. But anyway, if you've never checked out Minerva Spencer and you're looking for some historicals, I, I recommend you check her out. This is The Boxing Baroness, Wicked Women of Whitechapel, book one by Minerva Spencer. So that is all I have for you this week. I hope that all of you stay safe um, in the coming week, especially if you have children that are going out for Halloween. Um, Halloween just gets stranger and stranger, I think, with all the things you hear in the news about, you know, things people do to candy. So everyone take care, have fun, read lots of great books when you have the time, and I will be back with you next week. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.